Welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You're here with Mike and Ken. We've got some uh, interesting things to talk about today. What I'm going to start it off with is uh, an article titled Titans of Crypto and Finance are Fighting Over This Washington Agency. So FTX has basically put on a full court press trying to convince the CFTC, which stands for Commodity Futures Trading Commission, to sign off on its plan to let investors use borrowed money to trade crypto around the clock. Uh, This proposal would remove the need for traditional intermediaries to post their own capital to carry risk for the exchange, which is the bigger issue at hand for traditional market players. FTX users would have the ability to access the exchange directly rather than being forced to use the said intermediary. Um, The CFTC is slated to host a roundtable today. I think it was early afternoon to kind of give proponents and detractors uh, an opportunity to fight and make their case. This has kind of thrown FTX into a collision course with the New York Stock Exchange and Chicago's commodities pits, who have long had sway over the multi-trillion dollar commodities market. There was something I saw earlier, not sure exactly how accurate this was, but it was in a study that 97% of all U.S. derivatives trades are processed by either ICE, which is the Intercontinental Exchange, or the CME, which is Chicago Mercantile Exchange, um, basically, all this talk has kind of put a bigger spotlight on the CFTC, which is the smaller sister agency to the SEC. Um, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, during the lobbying efforts that the crypto companies were taking on Capitol Hill, FTX is one of the many crypto firms who kind of want the CFTC to play a bigger role in overseeing the industry, partially because the SEC has kind of seemed like they're going to take a harder stance with Chair Gary Gensler mentioning that he wants a crackdown on digital asset trading. Basically, the proposal aims to eliminate the traditional intermediaries and automate the setting of margin to roughly every 30 seconds, which is down to what right now is traditionally, you know, a couple of hours. Supporters argue that resetting the margin thousands of times a day and removing the brokers from the mix would make trading derivatives more efficient and remove the risks that crop up from overnight and weekend trades, whereas detractors say that it can expose investors to risks they don't fully understand and is a rather massive expansion on a niche market at the moment. There are a bunch of quotes going around from you know the big traditional uh, derivatives markets on how they think this is bad. But uh, Kem, what are your what are your initial thoughts on this? Well, I guess my initial thoughts are that it's nice to see that the CFTC uh, is involved because one thing I, I really don't like is how the SEC is becoming kind of the spotlight agency for regulation of crypto, and I think that's actually the wrong agency. Um, SEC should be regulating securities, and I personally don't think uh, a lot of the tokens, especially layer one tokens, are securities. So in that sense, to me, it makes more sense to be regulated as a commodity. Um, and, and the CFTC has actually already said that they think Bitcoin is a commodity. So therefore, they should be the ones in charge of setting regulation and framework around the crypto um, markets, or at least the ones that fall under what I would consider to be a security, or sorry, a, a commodity. So it's interesting that they would, that I guess that the, C, the SEC continues to be the one that everyone points to, because um, they obviously have a much in my eyes, a much more uh, strict view on crypto or would have a much more strict view on crypto than the CFTC. So um, that's the one thing I took away from it initially was just I'm glad the right uh, agency is looking at it. Right. And it definitely seems like the 
you know, crypto proponents, the founders and the CEOs of these companies and blockchain, you know, tech developments are definitely lobbying harder than they ever have uh, in lieu of the midterms coming up. And I mean, there are a bunch of quotes, but basically the one thing that I thought of is, you know, had this roundtable been a month ago, it would have probably been a different conversation. But one of the things I saw was, you know, basically what traditional finance people are afraid of is, you know, what if there's a collapse and you're not able to catch up with the trades that are being liquidated. And FTX said something about they would, you know, uh, put in 250 million as a kind of a backstop to help that from happening. But obviously with Terra and, you know, Luna happening two Mm -hmm. weeks ago now, they've kind of got something in their back pocket where it's not fear mongering, but, you know, oh, look at what happened. I care so much about the consumer and everyday person. We can't possibly put this proposal forward. Let's wait until 2024 and have a good discussion on it. Yep. And then in 24, they pass it off to 26. And, you know, yep. they're making, you know, hand over fist every single day on uh, oh, yeah. basically this duopoly that they have going on. No, I mean, you said it best. They care about the consumer when it's convenient to care about the consumer. Um, so that they can protect, and I say that with air quotes, the consumers mm-hmm. by not allowing them to make decisions for themselves. Um, so it's, yeah, it's funny. That is really how it works. But I mean, at the end of the day, people should be able to decide uh, in my eyes on their own, if they want to take on that type of risk. But to your previous point, I think 450 million or whatever the number was, I think w- isn't to me sufficient number, um, to start. I mean, after what happened with Terra Luna, I think it is more than um, valid to say that you would need a much larger um, backstop if you wanted to prevent some sort of, you know, event that would, you know, cause mass liquidations. Just because, I mean, I, I don't know the exact number, but the Terra wipeout was billions, right? So they, they had billion, over a billion, I believe, in Bitcoin, and that wasn't enough. So to that point, I think um, they actually have a, a, a valid argument that the backstop would need to be much larger, but I don't think that's an issue for FTX. Uh, I imagine they're making plenty of money through fees and, and other sorts of revenue streams that that being able to fund a, um, an insurance you know, fund would not be that big of a uh, leap. No, and that kind of brings me to my last point. So the reason that you know, ICE and CME have such a stranglehold on the derivatives markets is basically there's something about the Dow, Dodds-Lewis Act or whatever that's called and how they implemented futures commission merchants, which are FCMs. And those are basically banks that the CFTC requires customers to use when buying and selling derivatives. So these FCMs hold collateral for margin trades and they stand by ready to make others in the system whole in the event of default. So over time, the clearinghouses have required these FCMs to put up more and more collateral to bear the costs while still reaping most of the profits for themselves. So the net result has been a misalignment of incentives since every innovation or additional customer brings risks borne largely by the FCM gatekeepers. So basically, they're taking on less and less risk while increasing their you know profit and market share which is a great system. And I can understand why they're lobbying like hell against all the crypto companies, because if this happens and FTX is able to introduce this model to take out the middleman, 
a couple of the bigger, you know, I think the CBOE and a couple of other, you know, merchants exchanges um, have said that if FTX goes through with this, they have no other decision but to kind of follow because that's where everyone is going to go. So it's a really interesting thing to keep an eye on over these next couple of weeks and months to see what happens. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be keeping out of here. I know I'm sure we'll do a follow up on it if there is any uh, major, uh, I guess, changes to that, to that, where they're at currently with, with this. Definitely, definitely. And you, uh, you got an article on eBay, I think. Yeah, so this one was a little lighter since I knew we'd be talking regulation to start this one, um, <laughs> which I think is important, by the way, because not many people do cover these conversations. So I think it is it is a good idea to at least talk about them. But yes, my article was on basically eBay is looking to add NFT collection to, I guess, their their site. But what they're also trying to do is add payments for crypto to their site, which I think would be a big move forward for crypto in general, just because a website like eBay is very large for consumers, uh, like everyday consumers who maybe never have used any sort of cryptocurrency. Um, so if they start to get exposure to that, I think it's another step forward, uh, similar to PayPal um, and Venmo starting to offer these crypto options. Um, so I, that was just one piece of the article that I saw, but the, the main thing was about their collection and it's based around um, Wayne Gretzky. So that was something that really interested me just because I grew up a hockey fan and played a lot of Wayne Gretzky on the 64. I believe it's one of the first uh, hockey games they had on the N64. Um, and yeah, I, I can't remember exactly when they're launching, but um, it's going to be launched on one of, which is, I guess, a crypto marketplace. I am not familiar with it. Um, I've heard a lot about OpenSea and some of these other mar- marketplaces, but I've never actually visited one of. So that's one I'll definitely be check, checking out just to see what it's all about and then potentially buying an NFT. Um, but I guess they were minted on Ethereum's scaling platform, Polygon. And so that is something that allows you to actually mint these NFTs for a reasonable cost. So one of the biggest issues with Ethereum currently is that it, it's very expensive to transact on it. So to even mint an NFT, it may cost you hundreds of dollars. But by using a a layer two, they're called like Polygon, you're actually able to mint these NFTs for a couple pennies. And that actually makes it a efficient way to, to purchase and allows a, a normal consumer to get skin in the game when it comes to buying NFTs on Ethereum. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then adding it to eBay again is just allowing a much smaller barrier to entry for people if they do want to get involved in NFTs uh, compared to how it currently is where to get involved in NFTs, you almost have to have some sort of experience with crypto uh, to fund a wallet, to go to a site and, you know, put a transaction through the blockchain. Yeah. So, I mean, first thought, shout out Gretzky, the God. I definitely remember playing that game with my cousin as well. Second, how long do you think eBay has been around for? I would say like 1998. 1995. Wow. They've been a company for 26 years. That's impressive. They're one year short of Amazon. So yeah, I mean, that kind of brings me to my point where like, this is great exposure if they do it right and make it easy enough, which looking at the one of site, I mean, 
their three points are built for every fan, creators first, and eco-sustainable. And it basically says the power of blockchain without being a crypto expert. So if they can bring people in and have an easy UI and have them understand, you know, simply what's going on, kind of that, you know, middleman for the real hardcore crypto NFT minting experience. But apparently, yeah, I mean, it says $0 gas fees, which I would be very interested in seeing how it's, you know, $0. Uh, Even if it's a layer two, I would expect it to be, you know, at least a percentage of a cent or something like that. But it it says it will 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 be. be. I'm sure it will. I'm sure they can round to zero. But I bet you fractions of a cent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then it says use cryptocurrency, debit card, or credit card to purchase NFTs, which again is merging kind of web two and web three to open the door to, you know, whoever's already not in open their minds up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely awesome. One of site just from poking around for 15 or 20 minutes, definitely looks easy to navigate and I'll be looking a little further on that, but yeah, no good on eBay to kind of make this not as much a pivot as much as you know open up a another lane to profit and yeah i mean if they're able to do payments that's that's amazing because i don't know what their traffic looks like nowadays but i mean ebay's like we were just talking about ebay's been a company that i've been hearing about for 20 years so and i and i feel like their demographics a lot different um Mm -hmm. a lot of people i know who use ebay are i guess on the the higher end of the demographics that aren't necessarily involved in, in crypto. When I say that I'm talking about more of like the, the, the boomer age where you're in that maybe 45 and up um, maybe even a little older where there's just not as much, I guess, crypto users. And if they get exposure to it in a site like eBay that they're familiar with and used to, and it's no real change to their process, then you start to get some traction. Cause the whole, and I say this a lot, but like in my eyes, the only way you're ever going to see mass adoption is if we can seamlessly transition people to blockchain and crypto without them even really knowing it. And if mm-hmm. that can happen, then you can start to get adoption. But the second it starts to become an extra step or an inconvenience, there's so many people that'll just throw their hands up and say, this is too much. And it blows my mind, but that is just how it is. Yeah. Why would I do this when I can do it this way? And I know what I'm getting. Like people yeah. just don't like the extra risk without, yeah, yeah. No the fear of the unknown. I mean, the yeah, the unknown. exactly. Keeps the sheep within the fences. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I think we should probably end it on that. That's about the best way we could end this one. <laughs> I agree. So, hey, man, appreciate you hopping on. I know it's a late one, but I know we're both busy. So just happy we could get a show in today. So thanks, everyone who's listening. And we'll see you all tomorrow on another episode of Daybreak Crypto. Or maybe Friday. Who knows? Later. Later.